Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 50. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me, very excited about our 50th episode of this podcast, Mr. Sandy McKay. Can you believe hey, this is episode 50? I know, it's awesome, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. How are you? How are you doing? You? I'm really excited. Good. And I'm also very excited about today's special guest, real estate investor, real estate agent, project manager, and soon to be Mrs. Sandy McKay and longtime friend of mine, Kate Babkova. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And congratulations on your 50th episode. Oh, thank you. Well, congratulations on your upcoming wedding. <laughs> thank you. Um, what was the date? What's the date for that again? April 22nd. April yeah. 22nd. Lots of planning going on right now then. Yes. Yeah. Pressure is or on. Or procrastinating. It's been procrastinating up until now and now. Go time. Full motion. Yeah. Go time. Well, you know, it's funny because at least I look at it this way. We all kind of started out together. And I remember when you guys bought your very first rental duplex. And I know... Um, you started. You did start out doing some flips before that, before I met you, but uh, that's got to be like five years ago or something like that now, anyway. Yeah, coming on to Something that. like that, yeah, close. So how have you been, Kate? Uh, good, I've been working away, and uh, now I'm doing this real estate thing full-time, uh, project managing currently five construction uh, projects two flips and three uh, buy and holds, three, four unit properties. Uh, so it's keeping me pretty busy. It sounds like it would. <laughs> um, Sandy, so we've got, uh, we may as well mention our free gift again on this one. Absolutely, yeah, of course, uh, still there. There's the free download of our free report, how to, the seven freedom activators you can trigger in your property starting right now. Available for free over on our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. And as well, when you go there, you will be able to see some of our articles and posts and bios for Sandy and I and some other interesting things, links to uh, services. Yeah. And, uh, and we would encourage people to leave comments on the website. Just click on whichever episode you would like to leave a comment on and, um, and then, you know, bombs away. Let us know what you think. And as always, we always uh, greatly appreciate it if you could go over to iTunes right now, log on, grab, uh, go on our page there and give us a five-star rating. 
any rating works, throw up a review and leave your comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. Five star, of course, is the preferred uh, preferred rating we'd like to see. And but you know, open to some criticism if you're up for it too, and uh, some constructive feedback. So go over there right now and do that. So we'd love to hear from you. And you can also do it on our website under the uh, comment section for this episode on BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. And again, we have a couple of other new five star reviews. The first one is, I don't know, it just says Mr. with five stars by Craig Graham. He says, I'd like to give a big thank you for this super informative podcast. As a newbie investor, the content of your show in particular provides some great value. I especially appreciate your most recent episode number 49. Please keep up the good work and Merry Christmas. So that one was good. And the next one is... Very nice resource of info. Five stars by Math30. I was a big fan of the Bigger Pockets podcast, but now I have found a similar podcast featuring the same type of content but applying to Canada. I have listened to six of them and planning on going over the whole thing now. Thanks. Math from Quebec. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Last one is from Oliver from Montreal. He says, great podcast. Five stars again. Great podcast. Listening from Montreal, Quebec. Even if Quebec has different laws and regulations, most of the advice applies. Very good podcast. Then Now we have, I think, 77 reviews. Wow. Awesome. Celebrity status. Yeah. <sighs> Bring in the bling to uh, go along with that, too. Yeah. Congratulations. 75 ratings, sorry. 75 ratings, 70 of them are five stars. So that's awesome. Thanks. Keep them coming, guys. I really appreciate that and enjoy reading them on the air for you guys. And uh, keep them coming. Thank you. So I guess we're going to talk a little bit today about goal setting. I think we're done our house cleaning, right? Housekeeping, so, yeah. house cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> we got exciting things coming though, so let's let's get into it. Yeah, so we're gonna touch on um, a really simple goal setting tip today. So when setting goals, and I know Kate, you had something that you wanted to uh, to add to what I say here, but um, when setting goals, we want to be specific about what it is that you want to achieve. So something like saying lots of money is not really a good goal. It needs to be uh, clear of how much money as well as the goal needs to be measurable. And I know you had a little acronym. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, for sure. So I like to use the acronym called SMART goals. And I find that it's really simple to, uh, you can type it into Google. And what it stands for is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So basically, your goal needs to be specific in order for you to achieve it. It should answer questions such as who, what, where, why, and which. Uh, it helps you define your goal and it uh, the, the more specific you get, the better it is. It has to be measurable. So can you track the progress of your goal? For example, I would like to buy three investment properties in one year. This goal is pretty measurable because we know that if we buy one, we have two more to go. It's pretty specific and it's attainable. So the goal is reasonable enough to be accomplished. So uh, I would say that part is really important because 
as a brand new, for example, real estate investor, you may not want to set a goal such as buy a hundred investment properties in my first year when you don't even own one. So setting an attainable goal allows you to a train your brain that hitting that goal is an accomplishment. Whereas sometimes when we set goals that are far too stretched out and we don't hit them, we're training our brain that it's okay not to hit our goals. Uh, the other part of SMART goal is it has to be relevant. So is this goal worthwhile for you to meet? For example, hire, uh, hiring a property manager. Is it relevant to buying three investment properties? Yes. Is it worthwhile? That's something you may want to take a look at. And timely, of course, every goal needs to meet a timeline because if we don't have a timeline, our goals are just, what, wishes, right? Exactly. So, so having a timeline to your goal is very, very important. And I think now that we're about to, I guess this episode will be released when? In 2017. 2017. So right at the beginning of the year, we're going to want to take a look at our year and plan it out. So this is a perfect time to sit down uh, with your partner or with your spouse um, or by yourself and set some goals for the year. What I like to call it is really designing your year because the purpose of real estate is really to fund our perfect life. And in order for us to do that, we have to be able to design our year. So we take a look at our 12 months and we uh, plan our events, any educational events that you are going to attend, any vacations that you're going to take. And essentially, once you block those times off, you know how many working days you have left. And then you can put your goals down and use the SMART goal setting model to identify what these goals are. So an example of a SMART goal would be, like I said, uh, buy two duplexes within a year. It's specific, it's measurable, it's attainable, it's relevant, and it's timely. And I really like the I really like the point of you saying to put in your personal stuff first, even when it comes to your weekly agenda. Um, it's always good to put in date nights and kids events and stuff like that first. And then because if you don't, you're going to work right through them. And I've been I, I've been guilty of that at points, too. So I've started to learn how to block personal time first. For sure. I think we all have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the purpose of real estate is, again, to fund our perfect life. And I know that most of us strive to get towards um, time in our, or what's the word I'm looking for? Financial freedom. Financial freedom where we can uh, spend as much time doing things that we love versus things that we don't love. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing that too. So, uh, so I have a small example that leads up to just the two little tips that I was going to use. So again, let's say based on um, what you said there that your goal was that you wanted to make $100,000 flipping houses this year. So the $100,000, that's specific within the year. It's, um, it's a pretty measurable goal. So then if you take that and break it down, let's say you want to make twenty five dollars to $30,000 each one, that's 
definitely pretty reasonable. So then you need to do four deals to attain that goal. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was tip number one to attain that is to look at the things you're doing to get to that goal. This is, I guess, sort of after you've already set up the goals and maybe this is a like a, a spot where you want to check in and see how you're doing on it. So pick the one biggest thing that would drive you towards that goal that you're not doing and implement that. So for flipping, let's say um, it's understanding reno costs. So if that's the case, then read up on that, talk to people. Um, that kind of confidence will help you be able to jump when the right property comes along. Let's say, you know, if you're procrastinating or not jumping on opportunities and you're not getting to your goal because of that. So um, <clears throat> what is that saying? Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity? Yeah, I think exactly, yeah. Yeah, so in other words, there is no luck, really. There's just hard work and, and the knowledge and and confidence to be able to take the step when the opportunities present themselves. Mm -hmm. So that was tip number one. And then tip number two is to uh, pick the one thing that you're doing that isn't producing results and stop doing that. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you spend way too much time on realtor.ca, <clears throat> you're analyzing every single property, even though you know right away it doesn't work for you, that kind of thing. Again, like something like that, time that you would be spending on there might be better spent doing something else. So pick whatever it is, that one thing that you're doing that isn't producing the results and cut that out of uh, cut that out of your schedule. Yeah. Sure. Those are great tips. Yeah, I love it. That's that's a great advice, especially dropping things. I think a lot of times we do we do some things over and over again expecting different results. It's kind of the definition of insanity, right? Is is doing something over and over again and expecting expecting uh, different results. So Especially when you enjoy it. That's why I use Realtor.ca as the example because right. some people will get on there and just... They're at know, it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're hooked on it, right? Just like Facebook or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're if you're on Facebook way too much, it's definitely time to uh, stop that activity as well. Mm -hmm. um, so and I hope... I want to add one more, one more thing. Sure. I think it's also very important to be focused because I find that a lot of real estate investors, especially brand new ones, will not be focused enough on specific area or specific strategy. And so what ends up happening is they end up missing a lot of opportunities because they keep jumping from one train to the other train mm -hmm. and not actually focusing on what specific what is it that specifically that that they are working towards so in other words i know that sometimes there are seminars that come through a city and then all of a sudden the city will be flooded with we buy houses signs mm -hmm. and then those signs quickly go away and the then these people after they've tried it for a month and didn't get any results say oh this doesn't work so it's about focus. Shiny object syndrome, that's what it's called. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely get uh, inquiries every once in a while after those after those seminars pass through town. It's like, what do you think about lease options, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, that's Beautiful. definitely good advice. And you know what? It's okay to change your goals too halfway through. Like if you, if you do find that, I mean, you should stick to them. But I mean, really, if, the, if your passion's not there. So if you've got your goal to do four flips in the year and you realize that all you're doing is is trying to find uh, the next multiplex that you want to buy well then your focus has 
is definitely not on doing that. So maybe your goal needs to change. It's kind of like, I mean, I, I always use our podcast as an example because for the first, what, at least probably a year, like, I mean, nothing really of any significance came from it other than we had some great guests and we, we learned some stuff and, and had some uh, great conversations with people. But really, you know, we had a decent uh, listener base, but it wasn't anything to, you know, go crazy over. And it really took, what, at least a good year and a half, even almost two years before before we really saw some good uh, good results and like a good listener base out of it, right? And and started to to see some some real uh, I guess results. Yeah, I guess you might be right there because I was just thinking, well, we've only been doing it two years, but it's actually three now. It's three, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it really we had to say we could have easily just ditched it after six months and said, yeah, you know, nothing came from it or whatever, right? But yeah, that was it, fun. It was, we learned for free from those guests, so that was perfect. All right, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, I think the key in anything is persistency and consistency. Uh, I mean, if you go to the gym only for a month and expect to get a six pack, you're probably setting up yourself for failure. Uh, same with real estate. And you know what I've also learned over the years? No matter how passionate you are about a business, so I'm passionate about real estate. I love investing in real estate. My favorite part is, you know, the final finishes and the decor. But in any Anything that you do, there will always be things that you don't love doing. For me, for example, it happens to be uh, bookkeeping and paperwork. That's just not something that I'm passionate about, but that's just part of the business. So I think it's important to also realize that it's not all roses and rosés. Or how do you, what's the saying? Roses and rosé. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But well, that that might be a good. Um, oh boy, we're we're really going off on tangents here too. But there there is some importance in delegating those those things that you're not good at that somebody else, you know, where somebody else plays at what you hate. Maybe they're the people to yeah add to your team. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm saying it's not it's not always going to be the first thing you do. So on the very first flip, for example, you're not going to be hiring a bookkeeper to do every receipt for you. Sometimes you're going to need to open up spreadsheet and do it yourself. Mm. And it's small things that you're not going to love doing, but eventually, yeah, you, you start leveraging yourself. So, okay. Um... That's good. I think there's, I think there's a lot of good advice in there. No, I think so. We so, can keep going, but I feel like we we're could. just, uh, we're getting a little scattered. We're, well, we got, we're not no, staying focused. Exciting items coming up, and we actually are gonna, I think, for the first time on the show, maybe ask for people to pay something to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for the show. No, not for the show, but for, we're gonna sell something at the end, actually. Well, before we talk about that, though, I just wanted to say that um, I, I have a, an event coming up, which, uh, which. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if I call it an event because I do it all the time, but um, we have investor tours here in town that I do that I run like once or twice a month. And um, if one of your goals, talking about goals, if one of your goals is to create more freedom and multiple streams of cash flow, 
then you should definitely attend our uh, ongoing. We have a Renault Project Mastermind that's going to be followed by an investor property tour here in Durham Region. So we're going to go over and um, you remember Ryan Carr. He did an episode with us. Yeah. So he's got this really big project that he just started. Um, and we're going to go over there, the group of us, and he's going to walk us through his rental project and explain how, like, everything. You know, just go over a bunch of stuff with us. You know, the costs for this and uh, and the plans and, you know, the kind of returns he's going to get and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really, really valuable. And then we're going to head out and we're going to go and look at some properties where we could potentially do the same thing as what he's doing there. So I think it'd be really valuable. It's going to uh, help you identify great cash generating investment property and all the requirements involved in producing this kind of product here in Durham region. So if you would like to be part of that day, then please reach out to me. There is no charge to attend this um Still not asking tour. for money from anybody. Still not asking for money. No, no. <laughs> and what so, is Ryan uh, Ryan doing? I'm curious about the project he's working on. So it's the same thing as what we always do for the most part, but it's on a, actually quite a bit bigger scale because I believe for this one he couldn't get bank financing. If I'm not mistaken, the 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 house was um, just in, in that kind of state where the bank said, no, 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 we're not going to get you financing for this. So he had to come up with some creative ways to um to purchase the property but then just doing the same thing is what what most of the people i work with out here are looking for and that's just a, a property that works um, within the regulations of the city to add a second suite to so most of the time that's in a basement doesn't have to be but most of the time it is so that's the kind of property that he's working with and the ones that we're going to be seeing when we go out on the tour nice so if um, if you're interested, please reach out to me at uh, rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That is right. Yeah. Rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking because the website's not up yet. Okay. It's yeah. just the uh, email's working right now. I just got that one. Um, or call me at 289-927-0464. And when did you say your tour is? Oh, that's right. So it's going to be January 14th at 11 a.m. Nice. And uh, and I'm going to be, if anyone's interested, uh, I'll, I'll send out the information to them. So just contact me. It's usually about three, four hours tops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many properties do you see? Like four or five? I'm going to limit it to five because I find when you get to any more than that, first of all, you start to forget what you've seen at the first and uh, and it gets to be too long. I really liked at the beginning where you mentioned, because this is 50th episode, where we talked about how we all met and what we were doing at the time and what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super inspiring, too, because, you know, mm-hmm. you're promoting the event and it's very, like, real and very recent. So it's not like you're meeting with... Uh, what's his face? Who's, like, on TV and it's kind of like rah, 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 but almost like too far out there mm-hmm. this is very like fresh like it just happened well i mean well, this is basically look we're going out to see properties that actually work to do this strategy to buy fix refinance and rent them out and a lot of times we can pull the majority of the investment back out if not the whole thing uh yeah looking forward to that event rob on the 14th i think i might even be able to make it out there yeah that would be fantastic please do and uh and uh and tour around with you guys 
And then, then the other events, we're we're got a busy January. We got two weeks from that date, January twenty eighth. We're gonna be hosting a live live event as well in Hamilton. You're gonna be there. Kate might be there. We're gonna have a, a great crew. We're gonna have um, Mr. Cashflow from the Mr. Cashflow episode. It's a pretty popular one, talking about investments in Hamilton. We're gonna have some great speakers. It's gonna be a great day. It's gonna be a full day event. Uh, we're gonna be talking all about raising money for deals and buying properties with little or no money down so there's a lot of strategy we, we've been using over the past few years all of us in, in doing that and uh, it's been really beneficial for us i mean we've been able to really increase our portfolio and our wealth through these methods so it's been pretty awesome and uh we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that on this episode i think go through some questions and and uh hopefully add some value on that and then if anyone wants to learn more we're going to be uh doing this this event January 28th in Hamilton, so they can uh, they can register. We'll probably put the link in the show notes below the episodes, and people can go sign up. Yeah, so I guess I'm I'm sort of going to interview you on this a little bit. I mean, I know we'll, we'll all chime in a bit, but uh, I guess we'll we'll do it that way. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That works. Let's do it. So, just jumping into it, what kind of, in your opinion, what do potential money partners want in return for their funds for these kind of deals? Yeah, so it, it really is, it does depend, of course, on on the person. I mean, what I always and I'll talk about this a little more. Um, depending on the partner you're working with, it's all about servicing their needs, right? Just as any business does, it's all about finding out what their needs are and and seeing if you can deliver that to them. So what I, what we find is most people are not satisfied with the returns they're getting in in the typical bank products. Um, mutual funds. Sometimes people can do great in stocks, things like that, but it's very volatile. So it's very up and down, um, type of investment. Real estate's, in my opinion, a lot more, uh, a lot less risky. And so, but that's what people want. Typically people, if they're investing with us, which it usually is what we do a lot of is joint venture partnerships. That usually means they're fronting the majority of the money or, or even all of the money for a real estate deal, including the down payment and also renovation costs. And in some cases, qualifying for financing. Qualifying for financing in a lot of cases too. Yeah. So there's a lot of upfront quote unquote risk for that person. And, and what they really want to see is that they're, they have some, some, some sort of security with their uh, investments. So they want to see that they're going to make a good return. They want to see that, you know, we're confident in our abilities to give them that return. And they want to they want to see what the plan B and plan C's are in case things go wrong because I I think a lot of people have heard of all these stories or seen on TV or something where especially with renovations things either go totally horrible or you know you what you thought was a thirty thousand dollar renovation turns into a seventy five thousand dollar renovation and they're concerned about what's you know what's going to happen with their investment at that point right so. When we're meeting with our potential partners and, and partners like that, that we're going to work with on deal. Hold on a minute, Sandy. Before yeah. you get into that, you mentioned earlier that you're, you're focused on their needs, right? So I mm-hmm. thought that was a good tip. It's basically almost like when you're finding out what a potential partner, what, what their needs are. So let, like, let them tell you what their expectations are in return. Absolutely. So this is where I think a lot of uh, salespeople probably have a bit of an advantage. If you've taken any sort of sales training, it's all about listening, right? And, and not just showing people what you think's good, but really asking great questions, understanding what the this partner or potential partner's needs and wants are, and like seriously listening to them and and seeing if you can 
deliver what they're asking for. Like I've uh, I've been in uh, meetings with potential partners where you, you literally just can't deliver what they're asking for for whatever reason are a bit unrealistic or or I've had the opposite where they're so realistic that you're like wow I could I can give you at least double or triple what you're wanting <laughs> because you're not asking for much. Right. So what you're saying is like basically instead of walking into a meeting and saying look I'm look you never want to guarantee anything obviously but you know you say look the kind of returns that we're we're looking to offer you is um, you know 15% annual return on your investment. You don't want to go in and say something like that when, I mean, you're not trying to rip anybody off, but I mean, obviously, if you can offer them what they're looking for and what they're looking for is an investment that they can't find anywhere else. And that happens to be, in their opinion, 10% annual return on their investment, then that is something that you can do what you're saying and actually provide them with, you know, beat their expectations. Right. So I think... What's important is that when you're meeting with potential partners that you're really doing a needs analysis for them. So you're determining what are their needs, why is it important to them before you offer anything or even tell them what you do. Because uh, like Sandy mentioned earlier, sometimes when you ask great questions, you learn that their expectations are way out of whack and they're just not a good fit and the meeting doesn't have to go very long after that you can just you already know your answer and in some cases when you are again asking the right questions and I think a lot of this will be covered at your event on January 29th 28th 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 um, so how do we do the proper needs analysis with these partners who is a great partner I think that's really important so it's not just meeting with people, but it's also for you as an investor, you need to identify who is your ideal partner. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, at the, at the end of the day, really that first initial meeting with anybody, and this could be someone who's a family member or someone you've just met for the first time, either way, the first meeting is all about understanding them a bit better and seeing if there's a fit to work together. It's not about pitching them an opportunity at that point. It can, might lead to that or the second meeting might be that. Well, I agree. I mean, I think too that the time to pitch a deal is not when you're first uh, meeting up with somebody, you know, that's no. not the time to pitch a specific deal because you want to make sure that first of all, you do want to work with them as well, right? So don't go to a meeting with a potential partner wanting to pitch a specific deal. That's my that's my advice. Yeah, absolutely. You're 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 the in most cases you're the prize anyways. It's not the it's not the money. There's and it's it's difficult in the beginning. I know for a lot of people to understand this because I was always we were I in would, the same boat. I'd always get angry when people said this, but it, the money is out there. Right? It's not about the money. It's about finding good relationships. You're going to for the right person you're going to pair, pair up with, you're going to be partners with them probably for years, right, in a, in a property, unless you're doing just flips. But if you're holding on, on to properties, you're looking at a, you know, 5, 10, 20 plus year relationship with this person. You better make sure that they're someone you can hang out with and talk to for a while. And and by the way, for any time that we meet with any potential joint venture partners, we do not have a deal lined up. And the reason being is, A, in most cases, especially if it's one of your first deals, when you have something on paper, you oftentimes come off as needy 
needy for money, needy for financing, and that gives off a very turn offish vibe. It's just like when a guy is trying to chase a girl. I don't know if this is a relevant example, but when you don't have a deal lined up and you're just trying to figure out whether the person that's sitting in front of you is a good fit for you to work with, it's a lot easier to stay clear-headed and ask better questions than having a deal in front of you and trying to pitch a deal. And trust me, we've been there where we would find a great deal and then frantically start messaging everybody we know, asking if they would like to um, invest with us. And we've never, I don't think we've ever been successful doing it that no. way. <laughs> it's always been the other way around where we meet with the person, we do the needs analysis, we ask the right questions, and then we kind of put them on standby and it's like the chicken, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, in this case, it's the investor the and, then the, and then the deal, if yeah. that makes sense. So these right fits, these people that are the right fit, where do you find these potential joint venture partners? Good question. And this is uh, always a topic too. So, I mean, a lot of people, I find it kind of depends who, maybe on your, your childhood or how you've grown up or something. I, I talk to different people and they have totally different thoughts on this. You talk to one person and they're, they, they've maybe been surrounded by money a lot more in their lifetime and are a little more confident in it. And then some people who maybe haven't had had, had that surrounding growing up and are, are wondering how they could ever find somebody to give up, you know, 100000 50000 $20,000 to invest with them kind of thing. So a lot of it comes back to your mindset on it and and uh, building up that confidence in in what you have to offer to people um, before you actually start putting that out there into the world. But really, what it comes down to is 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 being very proactive about it and talking to a lot of people and asking questions. Asking a lot of questions. I, I you can. There's a lot of different ways to go about this. Like um, when when we were first starting to do it, you know, I, I always start with family and friends first. It's just easy, and not necessarily asking them if they want to invest with us or, or do some sort of a joint venture deal more so just, you know, who might they know who would be interested in something like this. And so you really need to ask a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people I find go around, maybe they ask their close family, nothing comes of it and they, and they give up just like we were talking about earlier, um, giving up too early on something. You, you really have to be able to handle a lot of no's mm. before you get to a yes. I think, that falls before, right back into the dating scenario you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, I, I must have gone through at least like, at least like eight or eight to ten, like really, not just like phone call. Yeah, people might be interested. Like really serious, actual meetings about this, where people were relatively interested to begin with, and we went and had lunch or whatever, and and discussed opportunities. Before I got anyone to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm seriously interested. Let's do something here. Um, you know, I knew there's different objections and different things th from different people that I heard, and sometimes they just weren't a right fit for us either. But it, it really takes a lot of uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of calls. I think it's 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 really everything you do in life. Almost, you need to be throwing this out there into the world. You need to be, if you're going to holiday parties right now is a great time. You're at holiday parties with friends, family and that. Um, I always recommend having a one or two interesting stories in the back of your mind and, 
and making sure people, when you leave a party or something, they know that, that you're in real estate. They know that you're, that's your thing. You know, when they think of you, they think of real estate. That way, when they go out or they're talking to their friends the next week or month or whenever, they're remembering that you're, you're somehow involved in that. And if they hear their friends talking about it, they go, Oh, I met this guy or, or girl the other month and, and they were talking about something similar. So it's really creating that, that kind of, um, thought in your friends and family and everyone you know in life's mind that you're in real estate and, and any way you can be proactive in doing that is, is, is a big advantage, I think. And, and if I can just summarize this long sentence <laughs> that Sandy went on with one short little one is essentially the more contact, the more contracts. Good. And I think I like that. you're relevant to honestly any business that you're in, any business is a sales business and the more contacts you have and the more people you will talk with, the more contracts you will make. And also just a little bit, uh, to backtrack to what Sandy was saying, I remember, uh, you know, years ago when we were just starting out and I was listening to, you know, other people that were already quite successful and talking about partnering up with joint ventures. I just remember always thinking, okay, yeah, right. Easy for you to say, like, but literally we don't know anybody with money. We've already tried everyone with in our family and you know what when you're starting out a lot of people aren't gonna trust you especially if you don't have any track record behind you yeah and 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 i know that um you said that uh you exhausted family but i do know that one of your first deals that one of your first flips was with family and the same with me my very first joint venture was with my family so by no means do i come from uh, a family with a bunch of money you know, so it's just a matter of because I had the interest and the drive and I was able to show them my vision of what I was going to do. And it's, you know, and that that is very true. My very first flip was with a family member. However, that family member who happens to be my mother purchased that without me knowing. And I infiltrated, if that's the right word, yeah. um, and basically took over the project because that's just what I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but bottom line is after that, um, and what that gave me was experience, which is what I'm grateful for, but it wasn't uh, at the level of, you know, raising money for a project um, like we do today, for example, where it's a four unit building and it's a $250,000 renovation. And, you know, it, it's quite a, Bit different in that caliber so I just remember thinking back in the day where in the world are we going to find people with that kind of money that are going to trust us um, with no real you know experience or a, really a lot of track record so I do remember thinking and really it wasn't that long ago because Thanks to Facebook, today I had a reminder from two years ago where we bought our, I think, second investment property with... No, like, oh, with a partner. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a partner. So after Jasper, which is the one we own together, and this is the one we bought in Barrie, so this was two years ago, 
and we bought it for 150,000 and it appraised at 190 before we even closed on it and now it's worth approximately 360 roughly for right. take so i mean it wasn't that long ago it was just 2 years ago according to facebook so i think what we know now and what you guys are going to share at your event is going to be very, very relevant to people that are brand new or starting out or potentially they have done one or three deals mm -hmm. and eventually they're going to tap out and run out of resources, whether it's money or financing. So I think that's why I'm most excited for this event, I guess. And, and you, know, <laughs> you know, that's what I was going to say too, is um, I was probably thinking the exact same thing as you at the exact same time, because I always used to remember that was how, um, well, we met at um, Durham REI. And I mm -hmm. remember Quentin standing up and saying, you know, that exact same thing. Uh, eventually you're going to run out of money and you're going to need and you're going to need partners and you will be able to find partners. And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. No one's ever going to want to give me money, right, to mm -hmm. do this kind of thing. So it wasn't that long ago when I had that belief too. But trust me, there are people out there. If you if you can show them what you can do and you can bring them um, the right kind of deal, then those people will jump at the opportunity to work with you. Exactly. And, and I just wanted to make a point of why I'm excited about this event is because, you know, there's a lot of really big name people that do big events uh, that attract hundreds and thousands of people because they do radio advertisements and they do TV advertisements and they have TV shows and they do share a lot of, you know, relevant strategies. However, for newer people or people that are just starting out or maybe they already have a joint venture partner. It almost seems unreachable because these people have so much rah, rah, rah around them. And because you guys have been so successful in such a short time and literally Rob, like you quit your full-time job. What, how long One year, ago? Yeah, a year and a, I guess yeah. a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. And I quit my full-time job two years ago two years ago before we moved to Hamilton yeah. but really this no, past this past October oh that yeah, yeah 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 this past October and I literally don't ever have to do nine to five ever again so real estate is very exponential meaning that where you are today is really far away from where you could be in three years, whether your mindset physically takes you there today or not. So I think that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember, and I know he's not the, the main guy that um, that probably says this, but just because we've had him on our show a couple times, Jeff Woods is really big on the whole limiting belief thing. Like that is one of the things that held him back forever. And he's, and he's really brought that out as a key point of limiting beliefs will destroy your your dreams and goals. So 
100%. get those out of the way. Absolutely. Okay, so real quick, I mean, they're, they're, to to answer this in a little bit more of a practical manner as well, though, you can go to meetups. Like, there's lots of real estate meetups, and I've met joint venture partners there. I met you guys yeah. there. Um, family, yeah. again, we said coaching courses. I was actually taking a coaching course and met a joint venture partner at one of my coaching courses. And mm -hmm. um, as an agent, I've met a couple of joint venture partners that way. So, um, the, I mean, and then, like you said, just talk to everybody wherever you go and let them know what you're doing. You, you could, another idea, like there's, they're literally everywhere, really. You could go to um, maybe a, someone, at, you know, at the bank, maybe a financial person of some sort you have a relationship with, ask them who maybe they've been speaking with recently that has some some money that that's not happy with what they're getting at the bank. Maybe you can get some referrals that way. Um, Good luck getting a bank person too. Well, someone that you have a, some rapport with probably. Yeah. I love Julie um, Broad's line. Julie Broad's <laughs> line is quick, it's easy, it's simple. She used to say whenever people asked her, what do you do? Her answer was, I'm a house collector. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That's great. And say, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. It creates some intrigue for sure. So, um, so now that you've found that right fit, the joint venture partner, how do you pitch an opportunity that comes up to them? Yeah, so... I guess, this, again, this comes back to starting it out right. Of course, you want to not be – and, you, and you, you can do it this way. Just Ideally, for us at least, we're not pitching an idea right away. We're, we're finding a right partner first and then and then pitching it later on. The best thing about that is when you actually do it that way and you do it properly, you've kind of set the, their expectations up already, and the actual you know quote-unquote pitch of the opportunity is – is really not very difficult if, if you've done it properly. But, you know, you do have to, especially for the first one with somebody, in most cases, you do have to go over some of the basic numbers, lay out the strategy, why, really you got to answer uh, a few basic questions. You know, why are you choosing this area? Why are you choosing this strategy? Why are you choosing this property? Why are you, why should this person invest with you again? You know, and why now? And, and why, yeah, why now? Why at this time? You know, it is really beneficial to to know the market you're in. Being be an area expert really helps when you're talking about an opportunity, because a lot of times people will start to get some cold feet, especially if it's their first ever investment like this. You know, they might be all on board the whole time until you you're in there throwing them this opportunity. They'll generally have some objections, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it's just kind of the way it goes usually. Those. They'll wonder why this property, why, what's so good about this area, and and you need to be able to answer those questions confidently to really lock down uh, a partnership like that, and and that's really all that comes down to is knowing those those uh, the answer to those questions. And you know what? A lot of times when if you've done it this way that we're uh, suggesting you do it, there really isn't much of a concern from the investors because they've. You've already decided you're a good fit to work together. They've already decided. In most, in some cases, they've even given you a, an upfront deposit to put down on houses when a good opportunity comes up. So they're they're pretty much on board at that point, anyways. It's just about being confident in the numbers and answering those other questions, and then being confident to tell them this is the right opportunity. Let's go forward. And then, what about the question of like, how do you justify putting none of your own money into the deal? Yeah, so obviously, and, and that's not always the way it works. But in a lot of cases, for a lot of ours at least, we're not we're putting either very little or, or none of the money in the deal. And that's just really about knowing your value and being able to deliver it. To deliver it, yeah. I mean, 
when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I mean, we've done most of these projects. I'm sure you, Rob, as well, would, would probably prefer, I'd way prefer to be the money partner than the person actively involved. Um, I, like, I, I enjoy doing this stuff actively. However, at the end of the day, the person that's just putting up the money and getting the return is, is a way better position to be in. Um, the amount of time and effort that we put into these projects, especially the type that we do often, the buy, fix, refinance, it's a lot of it's a it's a lot it's a of huge effort. time commitment. It's huge, yeah. It's Be, tons. Being it's a, a money partner is the prime example of money working for you. And honestly, for the money partner, it's finding that person who can take care of their money like they would take care of their own money. And I think that's another beautiful part about investing in real estate is because. You know, when you go to invest at a bank and a financial advisor sells you a mutual fund that goes down and you lose 20 grand, they're not taking a hit. They're getting paid. But when you're investing in real estate with a joint venture partner and something happens, your renos goes sideways or something unexpected comes up like knob and tube that wasn't in the budget your joint venture partner is going to fork up the difference. And so they're taking care of your money just as they would take care of their own money. Right, because, I mean, the truth is that unless the unless the investment goes well, we're, you, you as the um, expert partner, you're not making any money either. No, we're exactly. wasting, a, wasting a hell of a lot of our time. And, and yeah. you, for full-time investors like Sandy and myself and you, Rob – if we're not making any money for our partners, we're not making any money for our families and we're not putting in a bread, bread on our table. And yeah. that's a bit of a issue. Mm. So that's definitely not the type of business we want to be in where it's not profitable. So have you ever had a bad experience with a joint venture partner? Um, we, I, I would say we've had some some experiences that aren't like as we had hoped or as we had necessarily um, presented at the start. However, uh, I wouldn't say not with the first time. Investor, we, we've so. never had bad experiences. We've had unforeseen situations. And, you know, that's something that is always covered in your initial meeting and further conversations with your joint venture partner, especially when you're dealing. Um, I don't know about your area in you know, in Durham, but in Hamilton, you're dealing with a lot of 150, 200 year old homes uh, where oftentimes you have no idea what you're going to find. And, you know, in especially in downtown core, you tend to find a lot of unforeseen electrical issues that don't come up in, expect, in, in inspection. Sorry. So there's always variances but we've never had a bad experience in the end of the day we're always happy with purchases that we've made and projects that we're working on and it always goes back to staying focused and knowing your area because that way you're making the money in the buy really not in the sell or refi yeah, I mean, and I think, too, to explain to somebody, to expect that there's not going to be any bumps in the road is a little bit, um, is, is you know, it's not realistic. 
So yeah. there's always going to be unforeseen this or that, whatever it may be. And it's just a matter of being able to overcome the obstacle, which is a necessity. You and, can't... And, and you know what, you know what a, big, a big thing is we've learned is is to not partner with people who who are putting in their last, say, $100,000 that they have in this world <laughs> into a project. Always, always, we always want to look for people that if the investment requires $100,000, they have two, three, $400,000 plus worth of money that they could invest at any time. Well, the reason for that is not that if they lose that money, it's more the micromanagement that comes along with that kind of um, stress level, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the $100,000, when it's their last $100,000, they are going to be on you every few days what's going on with that money blah 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 if they have a you know if they have a million dollars sitting there ready to invest and they're only putting in a hundred grand they're okay with you know you talk you call on them once every few weeks or so to update them and, and they're happy with that you know i think it's always best to under promise and over deliver than the other way around and that brings me back to my point of looking for the right partners versus pitching deals to people because when you are trying to pitch a deal that you already have, you often tend to overpromise and kind of glide over just to get a deal, yeah. Just to get the deal done and over often glide over things that could go sideways. Whereas when you're more focused on finding the right partner, where it's not about the deal, it's about the partner, then you can go over things like, hey, so we are projecting that this project is going to cost us 150000 However, I'd be setting aside 180 just as an example. Guys, we've been at this for almost an hour now, and, um, and I don't want us to give all the information away right now. I think we've got a full-day seminar coming up. Yeah. And I think we've touched on actually quite a lot here. So... Um, so do, yeah. do you want to explain how and when we're going to do the event? Yeah, how about we just touch a little more uh, detail on the event, and then we'll call it a, an episode here. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to obviously do a bigger session on this. It's January 28th. We're really excited about it. We're going to have Rob, Cade, me, Mr. Cashflow, the mysterious Mr. Cashflow, will be there in person showing his face. Uh, we're going to have a few other uh, people there that we work with got a couple uh, of our contractors coming mortgage brokers all sorts of people so it'll be a lot of good good people there to shed some light on doing these type of deals we're also going to talk about private and uh and some other creative financing strategies as well not just joint venture partners so there's going to be a lot a lot to do with raising money and finding money to do more deals so really this is going to be great for anybody who who owns a few investment properties and maybe struggling to get financing to, to purchase more um, someone who, where the banks have told them that, that, you know, you're topped out and you need to wait, build up some more, um, you know, equity, equity or, uh, you know, adjust your ratios to make sure you can finance another one. Or, or even someone who's looking to buy their very first investment property. There's still going to be a lot of value in this. And, and believe it or not, you can, you can find joint venture partners for your very first property. I, I know a lot of people have done it. We did it for, our, well, actually, Kate did it for her first one. We've we've done it for, you know, after having one or two properties, we were already working with joint venture. So it can be done quite early our on. second property. Was second one, yeah. Second, like, renovation type of property. Um, so, you know, if you're experiencing any of these obstacles right now, then then this workshop's going to be something that you're, you're going to want to attend. It's going to be an awesome day. We'll teach you all of our proven strategies. A lot of them we've talked on, touched on here, but we're going to dive a lot deeper into it. 
And, uh, and these are strategies that we've used to purchase millions of dollars worth of real estate in the last few years alone. And, and they're good for any type of real estate deal you want to use it for. So, you know, fix and flip properties, buy and hold, the buy, fix, refinance and rent strategy, which we talk a lot about on the show. Uh, you can do, use these strategies for, for commercial deals, rent to own, uh, what was it earlier you mentioned, Rob? Lease options. Sandwich deals, all those type of all those type of uh, investment strategies that uh, that can work, and they can all work with these strategies. So we're really excited about it, and and exciting about sharing our knowledge with everybody here. So if you are uh, interested in this event, you want to learn more, then uh, then I encourage you to click the link. We'll have a link at the in the show notes here um, for someone to go over and uh, and join it. It is there is a cost. It's ninety seven dollars. I think it's extremely reasonable. It's a full day workshop. So our goal here is to have you walking away from the day with actual, an actual plan of action, not just knowledge, but an actual plan in writing on paper of how you can go out and start finding money to, to buy more properties and build your wealth. So it's going to be really uh, interactive and, uh, and more of a workshop, not just a seminar. And, uh, and yeah, so the, 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 URL for this to go to is actually, it's a bit of a weird one. We might change this by the time the episode comes out, but it's contest.mckayrealtyadvisors.com slash raising money. And can I just add something? The seating is limited because as I mentioned earlier, this isn't like a huge rah, rah, rah seminar. This is just, it's more of an intimate atmosphere. So we do have a few seats still available. Yeah, so it is limited for sure. We only have limited space for it. And we're also including lunch in this. So, I mean, for $97, I think it's a, a steal. So if you want to learn more about it, you want to uh, sign up for it, go to the link. We'll have the link in the show notes somewhere as well for you to, to check out. And, and uh, yeah, we're really excited. January 28th, it's a full day. It's from 9 o'clock in the morning till 4. And uh, I think it's going to be an awesome day. So so we would encourage you to to sign up and come meet us. Well, I can't wait for it, and I'm actually really excited to meet some of the people, too, that come out and answer some questions and just build some relationships that way as well. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you out uh, our way, Rob. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, as well, I'm sure they can just uh, ask for some info at info at Breakthrough REI Podcast as well if they want to learn more about that. And, uh, Sandy, you, what's your what's your number if somebody wants to give you a call? You know what? They can call through my office, 905-308-8333. Anyone on our team there will be able to, to set, set a, especially for info on this event or just for real estate questions in general, we'll be able to help them out. And anyone who wants to get in touch with me can reach me at 289-927-0464. Well, guys, it was really fun having you both on. That was a treat. Thanks, Kate, for coming on for our 50th episode. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me. And you know what? I think I'm going to implement Kate's line at the end. So uh, we'll see you all next time, everybody. And remember, the more contacts, the more contracts. (laughs) Nice. 